Guys, can you believe what just happened? With how this game started and how this game finished, the Astros had no business winning that game. But don't tell Jordan Alvarez that because he won that game for the Houston Astros. Your Astros defy the odds, and they did what the Mariners did to the Blue Jays. They came back and gave some big hurt later in the game. And we'll talk about this and more on this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Stros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, when, you, when you're not screaming for joy at Minmade Park after Alvarez hit a home run, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at HTM Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive. Positive that Jordan Alvarez is not human. Always Stros. All right. Just the whole progression of that game with how Verlander got started and he was off and uh, uh, then Dusty Baker let him get under control. And then he let the, the two runs later on in the game get in. I think it was in the fourth inning. Uh, but for Dusty Baker to keep his ace in there after he was getting shelled, he gave up six runs. Then Alvarez threw a runner out at the plate. Then he had that double earlier in the game. And then for him to do what he did in the ninth inning, that was just impressive. And guys, you know what else is impressive? Making the Lockdown Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube, make sure you keep on subscribing to us and make sure you make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify. And uh, there's so much for us to talk about, Brett. I mean, yeah. uh, we we're down, what, 7-2 at one point, and it just seemed yeah. like, okay, I don't think this is going to happen. And then you, the Astros kept on crawling. My guy, I said, was that my pick to click was Yuli Gurriel. What did he do? He had he went uh, he had three hits today and he had that home run, but um, what Alvarez did is just it's still amazing uh, to happen. So I'm gonna go through the um, I'll, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and set up the scenario, and you kind of just describe the situation how you felt uh, being there and everything. So Christian Vasquez grounds out uh, J.P. Crawford to a first baseman Ty France one out. David Hensley in his first major league at bat. I believe it was a 3-2 count at that point. He uh, got hit by the pinch. And then Jose Altuve, supposed to be the best Astros hitter. He strikes out. And then Jeremy Pena, uh, he got a single to uh, left fielder, center fielder, Julio Rodriguez. And you know what? Then you had Scott Service say, you know what? I know I have my closer in there. I have the guy that has, what, 20 saves during regular season. But you know it would be a good idea to face Jordan Alvarez. Let's go and bring in Robbie freaking uh, Ray, a guy who lost it. For, I mean, no, he didn't lose it, but he struggled versus the Blue Jays. But let's go ahead and bring him in. And what does Robbie Ray do? He throws a meatball to Jordan Alvarez, and he hits a ball that I don't know if it's landed yet. It probably has, but it was 116.7 miles per hour off the bat, <laughs> 438 
feet oh. and it went right to right field. Everybody knew what happened. It must, it was mass pandemonium at Minnie Mini Park. Tell us about your experience, Brett. Um, back in 2005, whenever the Astros advanced to the World Series, they had that 18 inning game where Chris Burke hit the home run in the 18th inning. In that game, I had my daughter who was two and a half. We were leaving the stadium. Her mom was upset that we were at the game. So we were leaving. I was trying to be a good father. And as we're leaving the stadium, literally the second we walk out of Minute Maid Park, Chris Burke hit the home run. I heard it. I heard it happen. I didn't see it. To this day, I've regretted that. That was like 18 years ago, okay, or something like that. Today, I was in the upper deck. I was sitting there with my boy Casey. He went to the game with me. We were, dude, I was struggling. I, I was like, I had lost hope. I was kind of like Ty was in Toronto, like, you know, the Mariners weren't going to win game two. And so I was like, look, Casey, he was like, bro, are you leaving? I said, I'm not leaving, but I'm going to go down. So I'm on the bottom level. So when the game's over, I can get out quicker because I got to go do the show and all this stuff. And so I start, you know, I walk down. I see that I see the first out and I'm like, man, this is this is not going to happen. Like this just isn't our day. Like, you know, it's close. It's seven to five. But I just I just didn't feel it. And I literally turned to walk towards like going out of the stadium. And I swear and I'm not even making this crap up like it was a voice that said fate is going to change things. And let me tell you, I instantly saw Alvarez throwing the guy out from left field at home plate. I saw that play again. And I was like, Jordan's up soon. And I was like, oh my God, like something may happen. Great. I can't leave. I can't make another playoff moment that I miss. I can't do that ever again. So I stayed and I said, I'm going to be faithful and it's going to be awesome. I didn't know when he put Robbie Ray in, I'm like, holy crap, they're bringing out the big guns. And Robbie Ray looked freaking determined, bro. Like (laughs) he looked like a freaking bull in a China shop. He goes out there and let me tell you, man, the second the ball hit the bat, I have never seen a more sure home run at Minute Maid Park since I saw by Albert Pujols against the Astros in the playoffs. I've never been a part of a pandemonious outpouring of just angst and fear and people going, we're going to lose game one. I mean, we just were like, they took out our ace. We're not hitting. This isn't going to happen. I just looked at the scoreboard. I saw the Braves lost seven to six. They were off for a week. I'm like, this week layoff, it sucked. But dude, before the game happened, I got a Jake Myers batting practice home run. Okay. Before that, I got a free Kobos Q postseason 2022 t-shirt. So the fortunes I knew were going to head our way. And I was thinking this, Eric, during the eighth inning before I went down. And I didn't say it out loud, and Casey could check it for me if I did. But I was like, I noticed none of the players looked worried. None of the players looked frustrated. The playoff experience that I talked about, that you talked about, that we all know this team has, came through in the clutch. I really thought Trey Mancini was going to have his moment today. It's not happening with Trey. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but for a rookie like David freaking Hensley coming in there after some of the managerial moves and position moves and Dubon to center field and all these things, I was like, what's going on? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? I was questioning everything. I was like, get David Hensley in there. 
and he literally gets hit by a pitch. That's a great at bat by a rookie. Because what right. what does a rookie want to do in that moment? He wants to be the hero, right? He's young. He's naive. It's new. It's fresh. But what better club to do it in than the clubhouse that has the experience? And Scott Service went full Dave Roberts, Dodgers pitching move on us, and I freaking <laughs> Love it. I love that Scott Service. I love that Dusty Baker actually outmanaged Scott Service. And I'm serious when I say that because I was questioning some of the moves. And they were flat coming out. Though, And we put a couple runs on the board. But, oh, my God, Eric, the, it was like I was yeah, – I, I blacked out. I was like, there are two types of competitors. There are pretenders and there are contenders. And we are the MFing contenders. Yeah. And I was I was trying not to rub it in Mariners fans' faces, but I was just going bananas, bro. And everybody was too. I was passing out. Go go watch our show. Go watch our show. So if you're watching tonight, because you met me, some crazy <laughs> Astros diehard fan. I told you about my guy, Eric Heisman. We're both teachers. We grind every freaking day. We've got goals. We want to get to 5,000 subscribers. But how fun is this, Eric? How fun is this? It's it's like when this team makes us doubt, they go, oh, ye of little faith. We have Jordan Alvarez. He is the absolute best hitter on the planet. And someone said earlier, Jordan's going to be MVP next year. Bookmark it. I like his chances. All right. So if you look at the situation that Alvarez found himself in, he did something that only one other player did. You know what? Who that person is? Kirk Gibson to hit a walk-off home run with uh, only one out to go. And so he joins the exclusive club there of Kirk Gibson doing this whole running around the bases. Was, was Kirk huh? Gibson's a solo home run? Um, I don't know if it was a solo home Be- run. I don't remember. Because someone, because was, I saw, because I, because I saw someone quote that he was the first major league player to hit a multi-run home run walk off right. in the postseason. Um so I think I don't I think Kirk Gibson's was a solo shot. I believe the game was tied if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I think was, it was solo. Yeah. yeah. So this is the first and that's what's crazy, dude. This is the first multi run home run walk off. The first, like are you serious? Like right. Jordan freaking Alvarez? Eric, dude, we were there. Dude, we were there. We were freaking there. Like, dude, I was literally crying talking to my mom. I was like, mom, like, I don't even know how I'm feeling, what I'm feeling right now. And I just started crying. I'm like, I I love this team. I am obsessed with the Astros. Absolutely obsessed. Hey, dude, I talked to Shernman Chow from Channel 2. And I was like, hey, uh, you want to interview us? (laughs) And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, um, I gave her our business card. So we might be getting some news media people interviewing Locked on Astros, baby. Let's go. Uh, that'll be interesting uh, if that happens. So that's something definitely look forward to. I'm looking forward to game two because uh, Luis Castillo mm-hmm. will be going against Frommer Valdez. That's something we can talk about in a second. But um, uh, we need to talk about a new type of uh, clothes style that uh, you yes. and I should be um, wearing. So let's go and talk about Roan. So Roan clothing, let me tell you something, gentlemen and ladies. I got these clothes in. And they actually let us wear some pants and a shirt, but they said, we want you to have this. And so we tried it on 
And oh my gosh, the pants are so comfortable. The shirt is so comfortable. It's breathable. They have stepped up to the challenge of a radical reinvention. The Roan commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability, flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. Or if you're sitting there sweating it out at Minute Park waiting for Jordan and Destiny to show up together. Looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. Odor-free tech, that's right. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. You won't smell like you sat in a four-hour game and watched a walk-off home run and sweated every bit of beer that you had at the game there, which I didn't have any today, but I saw a lot of people consuming, and boy, they were having a blast. Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. So this is what I want you to do. Whether you are going straight to work or it's a work day or whatever comes next, head to Roan.com. That's R-O-R-H-O-N-E.com slash locked on. Use a promo code locked on to save 20% for your entire order. That's 20% on your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on. It's easy. I promise you, you won't go wrong. All right, Jeremy Pena said after the game, you can't count us out. Our pitching staff has been dominant all year, so so great things do that. We pick each other up. And uh, I know that after the game, Justin Verlander was looking at video. uh, I mean, I guess in ninth inning, he was looking at video. He saw the home run. He ran onto the field and gave Alvarez a hug. He should buy him a steak. He should mean (laughs) dinner. He should buy him a Rolex. He should buy him a car uh, because that was a bad start for Justin Verlander. But for him to give up six runs twice, only twice this whole season, both times to the Mariners, that's just crazy to think about. So that makes you wonder if they will throw him twice in the series if needed, because if he struggled so much recently, and maybe it has to do with the fact that there was that seven day um, in between starts. And also the Mariners have seen him six times this year. So no matter how good you are, they will get, they will get to know you eventually and they'll get to be able to see your pitches so i'm um, i think it was a matter of like we saw him kind of settle down a little bit but then he gave up that home run i think that was his first home run that he's given up in a while but julio rodriguez uh he he looks like he was a man possessed just hitting that double hitting that triple and he got the walk and then Ty France, uh, they were giving Verlander some trouble early in this game. And Dusty Baker, to his credit, he did kind of start to stretch up Christian Javier. And then Brian Brayu got loose at one point, but he stuck with his ace. And that could have cost him the game. Uh, luckily, Alvarez prevented that last run from scoring because that would have been put made it seven to nothing at that time, or I think it was seven, nothing at that time. But so Alvarez was really the hero today, but the story has to be how the Mariners really took advantage of the fact that Verlander wasn't really Verlander. Well, I don't know if that's the story, Eric. That's what Seattle wants the story to be. I think that's the story of Seattle completes the win. I think the story is Jordan Alvarez gunning down the runner at home because had he not gunned down that runner at home, 
his three-run homer would not have been a game winner. It would have been a game tire. So that changed everything. Right. And Altuve, in his ALDS press conference, said, Jordan Alvarez is a complete player. He doesn't ever get attention for his defense. And that right there showed, like, he literally, like, I thought he was going to hurt himself up against the Crawford box wall. That stupid scoreboard. I hate that scoreboard. Can we replace the freaking metal with some damn pads? I'm sorry. I'm going to say the word on, on the podcast because that is a lacerated forearm waiting to happen. That should not be a thing. Y'all need to fix that. James Click, Jim Crane, like, wake the hell up. That scoreboard is terrible. And you're going to freaking injure someone like Jordan Alvarez. And dang it, if they hurt Jordan Alvarez, I'm marching down there personally to their offices. And I'm going to file a complaint in the complaint file. Okay? Jordan Alvarez nearly made a great acrobatic catch. Then yeah. he throws a runner out later. I mean, just like, he does it all, Eric. And he's calm. He's never excited. Like the most excited I've ever seen you were Don was tonight after the walk-off. This team, we talk about teams of destiny. We talk about teams of purpose. We talk about teams of chance. We talk about, like I said, and I mean it right now because I'm level-headed. There are contenders and there are pretenders. And until Seattle, until New York, until Cleveland defeats the Astros and stops them from going to the World Series this year, we are the only true contenders, period, period. Dethrone us, then talk your smack, okay? And look, I'm not talking smack for the rest of the series. Game two, we got freaking Castillo, bro. That's some real heavy crap. That is a hardcore pitcher. He is a stud. We've got to get through him. But I think if we get through Castillo in game two, dude, I think it, it might be time to say game three might be lights out, Seattle. If we get through Castillo and we go 2-0 on the road, I'm just telling you, I, I just I, I think this team takes takes the Mariners by the jugular and we just finish them. Mortal Kombat, bro. All right. Yeah, I, I want to go back after this podcast and see what Scott Service had to say about bringing in Robbie mm. Ray in that situation. That made no sense. And I, I know a lot of people <laughs> were questioning at the time, that uh, why did you bring in Christian Javier if he's supposed to be your game four pitcher? He technically could still be the game four pitcher. He only threw uh, yeah. one in the third innings. I uh, How many pitches did he actually throw? Uh, it wasn't enough to make a difference. I think, uh, let me see, it's uh, 21 pitches. So that's, he can still pitch. And on, I think next, that, that game will be game on uh, Sunday. So yeah, that's still another, that's basically his second started week. Yes, sir. Here is Robbie Ray versus Jordan Alvarez. He has allowed one hit and two walks against Jordan Alvarez before today in two games. So, yeah. So he has gotten a hit and he's walked him twice. I looked at someone next to me and I looked at him. I said, you know what? If I'm Scott Service, do you know what I'm doing? I'm walking Jordan Alvarez because he's absolutely going to hit a home run here. And he was like, you think so? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't can't tell the future, but if I'm Robbie Ray, I'm thinking this guy's going to tank me. So freaking put his butt on first. That would have changed everything. The Mariners could have escaped with the win today. They outmanaged themselves. They outsmarted themselves. And pride always comes before the fall. We'll put in our big guy. I mean, how many times have we seen managers 
put in aces and aces actually poo-poo the bed in a relief scenario. They are not in a relief scenario, Eric, for a reason. And why you wouldn't keep your closer in for two innings, screw it if you don't have them game two. You got to get game one. You have got the Astros ace. You've got your number three starter. Like the Astros didn't, they look befuddled against Gilbert. Right. And Gilbert, Gilbert had had that one inning where they get the two runs. Okay, the Astros got to him. He's wild, kind of like Ty said. It just did not, didn't work. And um, sorry, that was not a Johnny Depp reference. All right, so Gilbert did throw 84 pitches, so I think that service could have left him in there, but I was glad that he got him out. Brash came in, then um, Munoz was the guy that kind of, he was the one that dominated the Astros earlier this year. I remember that because he was throwing in upper 90s, uh, 102 and all that. But uh, then Seawald. Seawald is like one of the uh, Mariners' best relievers. And I just, I still don't get it. And I I think if the Mariners, I mean, when, let's just say when the Mariners lose this series, I think Scott Service is going to have to answer for that situation. But the Astros would not have been in that situation. Yes, David Hensley got hit by the pitch. I mean, sometimes that's kind of blind luck. Uh, when you get hit by a pitch, but mm-hmm. Jeremy Pena, he was 0 for 4 in that game before that bat. He did have one swing where he did make good contact, but otherwise he looked a little bit overmatched. Um, but um, earlier in the game, the, the Astros kept on popping up the ball and like they would go foul, like right behind third base. And th- that's what the balls kept on doing. But Pena, that, that hit was so big to set up for Alvarez getting a home run. So I don't want to just overlook what Pena did because if Pena would have got out, Alvarez would not have been there in that situation. So no, you're no, you, you are correct. This look, baseball is a win as a team loses a team. We, and, and Justin Verlander, I just, I couldn't, he was hittable and I put out a tweet. It was, it was tongue in cheek and I'm glad nobody took it the wrong way. I literally said, don't y'all find it funny that the Mariners aren't swinging and missing on anything? It's almost like they know what pitch is coming. And then I put, see how that works, kids? You see how this all works? And someone goes, oh, how the turntables. And yes, I was accusing them of cheating. And then I put, I believe I saw a Mariners employee with an MLB polo setting up a camera in center field. Totally joking. Of course, Astros fans just just replied. And the bots hit. I got I it. blocked them. Okay, you got it? Okay. Yeah. Blocking them, bro. All right. Hey, it's okay. We're Dude, 254. Now, let me stop and say this, Eric. If you're a first-time listener, if you've never listened to our show and you met me and I was going absolutely loony and crazy, hey, bro, that's me. Like, like I make no apologies because this show, the work that Eric puts in, the work that I put in, we do to make the best show. We may not get every single take right, but you know what? We're going to own it. And um, we love that you're here. We ask that you would subscribe to our channel. We want to get to 5,000 subscribers this postseason. And you know what? I am really hungry. And I'm upset at myself because usually I bring a Built Bar to the game. Because you can actually bring food into the stadium. And if you haven't tried Built Bar, Built Bar Puffs yet, then you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. It would be like not being able to be an Astros fan. Like, why wouldn't you be? There's a new flavor. You ready? Delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs they have a light and chewy texture 
with real cookie dough chunks and, of course, covered in a 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they are a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. What I love about this protein is it's collagen protein. Why is that important? I'm not a medical professional, but collagen protein actually absorbs in your body better, and which means it distributes the benefits of the protein at a more efficient way. So that way, you're not getting all the calories, but you're getting the health benefits. So what's great about Built is that all their bars are made with this collagen protein with the health benefits. So you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need it for a snack, for a workout, late night treat after Jordan hits a walk off, grab a quick bite. Built has the perfect protein bar. So go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off your order. Use a promo code locked on 15. Go to built.com today. I love the fact that Todd Callis and Blummer were the uh, let's play ball kids uh, today. I mean, I know they're not kids, but it was good for them to be part of this since they're not able to do the play by play on TV, on the broadcast, uh, they're able to make their presence known. Uh, so that was good. Um, so uh, I do want to take a break from the actual game to, to kind of talk a little bit about the roster decisions. Um, we do yeah. know that uh, Hensley did make the roster, and we also know that Hunter Brown made the roster. I don't think those are big surprises. I think the big surprise was the fact that uh, that Phil Maton did not make the roster and that uh, Will Smith did not make the roster. Later on, we did figure out why <laughs> Maton did not make the roster. And I'm sure that um, Robbie Ray may have had that same situation or maybe Scott Service after the game. But wow. um, how do you go from smiling to your brother and uh, like having a good moment like to punching a locker and fr- he, breaking your finger? He went full Ken Giles. See, Ken Giles punched his face. That was non-consequential other than it kicked him off the team. He punched the freaking locker. So, like, people joke, like, Matan has got to be like a serial killer just joking, like, because he's got this straight face, like, you never know what he's feeling. I did mention Dexter one time. Yeah. Okay, yes, he does kind of have his Dexter-ish look, okay? But, yeah, so he's out, dude. Someone's like, are they going to DFA him? I'm like... Dude, I don't know, but you know what I liked, Eric, at the beginning of the of the with with the introductions, they introduced Jason Castro and Michael Brantley. Someone's like, "Wait, where did Castro come from?" <laughs> Someone's like, "I thought he wasn't even with the team anymore." And so that was kind of cool seeing that before. But yeah, dude, um, like Luis Garcia and Jose Arquiti, the way they use the pitchers tonight, maybe they're counting on Luis Garcia or Arquiti to be the fourth game starter. And maybe Javier's going to be your bullpen guy. I, I, I'm really surprised that – I'm not surprised now that the reason why Maton's off, but I'm surprised he didn't go with Will Smith. And the reason why I say that is because Will Smith is the move that just seems like an Astros thing to do. Like, yeah, he's been sucking lately, but he's got playoff experience and he's great in the playoffs, right? So I, I think if there's a game four, and, and I say if, I mean the, the Astros have to take care of business. It, look – the series isn't over, okay? I'm not I'm not saying that Seattle's going to lay down. But bro, momentum has shifted to Houston. Period. Right. Momentum was clearly with Seattle. I mean, Eric, like you said, they had no business, none whatsoever because they could every time they scored one run, the Mariners would score two. Right. And it was like and then JP Crawford's hitting 125 and hits a freaking laser to right field. Like, what is that, you know? 
And they've got respectable hitters. To get Cal Riley to ground out towards the end was huge. I was afraid he was going to take us tank. Um, I just, the way this game unfolded, this is why you play the game. This is why there was 27 outs. This is why when someone in our DM group for Locked On said, oh, um, should the Astros be worried? Now it's like it's literally the second inning of game one. Like, why are we worried? No. So. Yeah, and so um, this quote is very interesting from Dusty Baker before the game. Uh, This is on Will Smith. If you followed me for the first three or four months, I was always calling for a left-hander or two, you know, and still calling for him. So does he not classify Will Smith as his lefty that he was looking for? And um, is that why he's not on the roster? And he said that actually telling Will Smith he's not on the roster was one of the hardest um, things he had to do because last year he was very beneficial for the Braves. Uh, He was the MVP or maybe not MVP, but he was the big piece out of the Braves bullpen that won against us. So he said that was very hard to tell Will Smith that. And, but one of the things that I said the other day on podcast is the reason why you need somebody like Luis Garcia and um, maybe even uh, Urquidy on there is for the length. And that's what Dusty Baker said that he felt like in games three, four and five, you might need the length of a, in your bullpen. And you couldn't have that without Luis Garcia and Jose Urquidy. And, I mean, I'm not going to – I know that there was a bug going around. I'm not going to go with somebody that said something in in those spaces earlier. But one of those guys has been a little bit under the weather, but he's still under – he's still on the roster, and he's – so that means that they're they're thinking that he'll be ready to pitch at some point in this um, series. So I think that uh, the Astros trust these two guys enough, and uh, maybe – the need for a lefty was just not that big in a five game yeah. series. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to go over some, you know, vitals for the game because I don't want to miss anybody getting credit. Um, Alvarez with a double almost hit a second home run. Okay. Guriel right. obviously with his home run Bregman with his home run. Um, so Bregman Guriel and, and Alvarez all recorded RBI, the relief pitching, Brian Abreu, 1.2 innings, three strikeouts. Javier, 1.1 innings, did give up one home run and one earned run, but he had two strikeouts. Hunter Brown came in, only gave up a hit, pitched one inning, looked great. Rafael Montero actually got the W with one clean inning to wrap things up. You got David Hensley up here, his first postseason at bat. He's zero across the board, but he's got an OPS of 1,000. <laughs> David Hensley contributing with the statistics of HBP is next level. That's leveling up, folks. That is what this team is all about. And everybody contributed. Remember I talked about Bregman needs to do something in this postseason. Yuli, and you called it, Yuli needs to do something in this postseason. If you get, because at, at first it was the bottom of the lineup that was producing. Outside of your right. gone, nobody else was really hitting. I mean, Eric, I- this, is a, this is a great win. And even um, Guriel's out was a line drive to center field. And oh, it was a laser. Yeah. So he was making good contact today, and he looked like he had the uh, – like he went to the Fountain of Youth or something, and he found something that he lost. And somebody asked if uh, Phil Maton could uh, be on the ALCS roster. Uh, no, he's literally got his whole hand wrapped. He had surgery on Monday for it, so – um, Maton's going to be out for the entire playoffs. So 
Uh, no, uh, don't expect him. Will Smith could be option for the ALCS if we see, but um, I I don't know about Trey Mancini. I, w- I kept on hoping that he would kind of break out of his little slump here, but he just kept on swinging and misses. It's the same swing every time. It's mm. it's hard to explain, but it's just like, and he just it's goes very through, it. It's the same swing each time, and it's like you, I I don't know, but maybe uh, should have let Ms. Diaz be the DH, or maybe should we have Hensley in as a DH? I, I think I think for game two, I think against Luis Castillo, I think you put Alemis Diaz because of the experience. I think Luis Castillo is too good of a pitcher to put Hensley in that starting role, if I'm being honest. I think Hensley is great off the bench. I think Hensley is great late. But Mancini, <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I had made a statement on Twitter, you know, Mancini went from starter to, you know, hitting every fourth day. And someone right. said no. Since August 20th, he's played almost every game as DH or left field. Like he's played a lot more than he sat the 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 last half of his half being here, right? He just like dude, that great that was actually a great impression of his swing because it's literally it's one motion. And it's mm-hmm. like we were yelling, Mancini, this is your moment. Boom, boom, Mancini. Like I was sitting there going, there's no way the law of averages have him striking out right now. He's got to at least get a hit, right. at least get it. He has been an absolute zero, but Christian Vasquez better get some freaking starts. We need his offense. If this yeah, offense forget is the defense, forget the framing, Dude, uh, everything. He, he threw a runner out. Yeah, he threw a freaking runner out. I mean, he's not bad defensively. He's a right. great catcher. He's a playoff hitting catcher. I really hope that he starts. In game two, no offense, Maldonado, but I need Vasquez nine innings to be my backstop. All right. Apparently the Yankees just took the lead against the guardians. Um, so eh, who cares? Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> Go have some sparrow pizza, whatever. Forget about it. New York. All right. I don't care. Like, you know what? I'll, all I'm concerned about is Luis Castillo on Thursday. Yeah. All I'm concerned about is how the Mariners respond. And how the Astros respond. I think right. whoever ha, have they announced game two starter? Um for them or for the Astros. Yes. For yes, Astros, for it will be Frommer Valdez. He will be starting okay. game two. And then game three, it will be Lance McCullough. So Dusty Baker. Did you say that? Does did not you say that listen. earlier? Yes. Oh, I said okay. Frommer Valdez will be, but okay. Dusty Baker does not listen to the Locked On Astros podcast. Uh, <laughs> I can confirm that because uh, he did not listen to us. But I, I think well, he, you're, you're going with your hot hand. You're going with a guy that's been there all season for you. And I totally get it. It's the lefty guy. It's the one that you've had success with all season. And um, like th- they've even hired his mental coach as um, they have at, for to be there with him every start. So uh, the Astros are going with their guy. And by the way, we also know times for the rest of the series. Game two, yeah. of course, is going to be Thursday at two thirty-seven. Game three is going to be Saturday at three oh seven. Game four is going to be Sunday at two oh seven. Game five, if needed, would be at four oh seven on Monday. Or six oh seven if it's the only game that day. So yes, we're getting all the early games, but that's welcome to being uh, an Astros fan. It's Mariners fans, yeah, Mariners fans were complaining about. I'm like, guys, yeah, 
we get it. You haven't been here in a while, so you, you don't know. But let me just let you in a little secret. The New York and the L.A.s, they're going to get the primetime spots because they're the bigger markets. Um, so this means that we have a 1.30 start time. Y'all listen to this. Game three, pre-game, live podcast, Locked on Astros at Hooters NASA, Saturday, October 15th, 1.30 Get your butt to Hooters. It's going to be fun. Fremer Valdez is 1-0 with an ERA of 3.95 versus the Mariners this season with 15 strikeouts and two appearances. His first one was at Seattle, 6.2 innings, 8 hits, um, only 3 earned runs, and 8 strikeouts. In the second game, he played at Houston, 7 innings pitched, 3 earned runs again, 7 strikeouts. He did hit two batters, but he only walked two um, batters in both games. So Fremer Valdez on the road or at home has had success against the Mariners this year. So that bodes well. Those were both in July. Some people say, well, there were a lot of hurt Mariners at the time, but Framber also is the all-time quality start leader at 25. So I like our chances in game two. I think Luis Castillo, they've got to see a lot of pitches from him. We gotta force him to throw stuff out of the zone. And when he does, we gotta stay within ourselves not to swing at stuff out of the zone. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I'm trying to find his actual stats versus the Astros in his career. Uh I'm got it right here. Uh he's only pitched, you ready for this? Yeah. Six innings against the Houston Astros in his career. Uh it was um he got the win. And in six innings, he struck out seven Astros. Um, he didn't allow any home runs. And I don't know when that start was, but uh, he's only faced the Astros once in his career. And uh, that may have been when, when it was with Mariners or may have been with when he was with the Reds. But um, overall, that's not a big sample size. But this is a guy that the Mariners went out and traded for. So uh, I'm excited to see this matchup from or Valdez, the 25 straight quality starts and versus somebody the Mariners are trying to save their season with. And I mean, basically, cause if you go, the Astros go up to nothing versus Mariners. Yes. The Mariners have a chance to win both home games and, but then you still have to come home. So um, Brett, you have one last thing. Yeah. So I was sitting behind someone who is actually, I sat behind the daughter of one of the most veteran umpires in Major League Baseball, Ed Hickok, who is 60 years old. He's about to retire. This guy has, he has been on the crew with C.B. Buckner and Jerry West. She told me a story about Jerry West. She said they get together and they have what they call these, I think they're called pig dinners or something, where they put all this money in this glass pig and they go out and then Jerry West buys everybody like pays thousands of dollars for these meals. Then what they do is they obviously can't eat it all. They said, and this is, this is because Jerry West always, you know, everybody thinks he's a horrible person. He boxes up all the extra food, Eric. And between where the restaurant is and where his hotel is, he goes to where the homeless people are and he distributes food to homeless people. I thought that was kind of cool to hear because we always hear the stuff. We know why we don't like Jerry West in Houston, but um, this guy, his, his daughter told me a, a couple of stories. I won't go into all of them, but it was really neat to talk to somebody and, you know, they get lifetime passes to games. And so she said she had been to all stadium, but three, but it was neat talking to her and interacting with 
with their group that were there. So I was there with some umpire families that were up there in the upper deck. I didn't realize. So I was real uncritical of the umpires. <laughs> I didn't know whose family was around me. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a great game to watch. It was fun to watch. Uh, we had interesting seats. It was in section 108, uh, section 40. For those of y'all that know what that is, those are the seats that are up at the top. So you're you the people who have standing room only are literally standing right behind you. And so that was interesting section to sit in. But it was great. Uh, me and my girl had a fun time, and it was just a blast. And the walk off was. was great to experience and. Uh, it's just these moments make you great. I'm glad that you're an Astros fan. And I know that we had Ty on yesterday and we had him relive the whole um, comeback experience. And I feel bad because it's like, um, I guess our time's up. But um, no. now, now I, I was like, well, I hope you enjoyed your experience because you're not going to have it against us. And I, did I predict that this was going to happen today? So who knows? But this game was crazy. Let's hope that the next couple of games are not as stressful because <sighs> the first five or six innings was like, okay, what's going on here? Uh, did the layoff really hurt that much? But guys, that's all we got for this edition of Locked on Astro podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to look more uh, deeper into the matchups for game two. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us. Make sure you make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you <laughs> listen to your podcasts. Uh, check out the Locked on Astros podcast and go Stros.